0: And welcome to Getting to Know ACS with Tracy and Jasmine. So today, well, I'm not just going to say today. The month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so we're going to talk about um, bringing awareness to domestic violence. And I'm going to have Jasmine introduce our guest today.
1: So this is Eduardo Poblano.
0: Thank you, Jasmine. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm having problems speaking today. Anyway, so thank you for joining us, Ed. And what I'd like to do is have you just kind of give us a little bit of your background and then um, tell us about October being domestic violence awareness.
2: Of course, and thank you again for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, As far as my experience before coming to the family advocacy program, I worked as a court-appointed special advocate with children in foster care. I've worked um, as a child care specialist with children who are in emergency shelters and before that, or I should say after that, I worked with Child Protective Services Oh, okay. as an investigator and a conservatorship worker and now I've been here for just about, actually just exactly a year with oh. the Family Advocacy Program and with the Domestic Violence Program and I absolutely love it.
0: Okay, so yeah. welcome and yes. congratulations on making it a whole year. Yes. <laughs> Look, that is an accomplishment.
2: So now you all are stuck with me. <laughs> yes. I know, it's like,
0: hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I said, um, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So can you tell us a little bit about Domestic Violence Awareness Month? What goes on?
2: Definitely. I think any of these awareness months that come up, it's to really get people educated and have those uncomfortable conversations. I say uncomfortable because we might be victims of domestic violence. We might know someone who's a victim of domestic violence. And we may not know how to get out of that situation, how to address that situation, or even more importantly, how to identify it. So I think that's the main thing that we wanna do in October is to get people thinking, to give them knowledge, um, because to me, knowledge is power. Right. And when you can spread that power within yourself and with others in the community, then we can get people the resources and the help that they need because it's definitely a scary situation to, I think in any situation, reach out for help. Right. So we really just want to empower people to make the change within themselves and help people make the change too.
1: I think this is actually a perfect time because of that issue that just happened uh, with the TikToker.
2: Oh, definitely, I'm uh, sure, and a lot people I'm, are just I'm like lost. Uh, so <laughs> basically,
1: the TikToker went on uh, a trip with her boyfriend. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and people, I see so many comments of people like, "Well, she chose to go, she chose to be there," so like the awareness will help. Like sometimes it's not that easy, right?
2: You know? I agree. I think that stigma just holds where if it's almost as if like if you're staying there, it's because you like it or it's okay, or it can't be that horrible because if you really wanted to leave, you would leave. But I think we really need to look at how complicated relationships are. And I Mm -hmm. think anyone who's been in a relationship knows that it's not always easy to leave. Right. If there's no domestic violence. So can you just imagine when there's domestic violence, some financial dependence, it gets very sticky and it's not always.
0: Right. And uh, Ken, so I'm glad you brought that up Jasmine Um, and Eduardo. Can you kind of elaborate on like, what that dynamic is, you know, when someone can't, you know, is having a difficulty leaving that situation, you know, kind of give us a insight on what goes on, why it's kind of difficult to leave those situations.
2: So the difficulty comes from how complex it is. Um, If y'all are interested, you can look up what's called the power and control wheel, just Google it. Uh And it's essentially a wheel, and it just kind of shows all the different reasons that can kind of pull you into that relationship. Let's say, for example, one is financial dependence. If you do not work and your spouse is the primary financial provider, provider. <laughs> 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 I was like, gainer? It's like, I, had to, it's like, I had to process that. It's like, okay, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and that's okay. That's what I always remind people, too. I mean, that's okay if just one person works in the relationship and is bringing in the finances, however, that doesn't mean that you should be in the dark about everything. Right. And so that's where it you have to have those uncomfortable conversations with your partner and say, well, you know, I should have access to the bank account too. I should have a debit card to this bank account as well. Right. Um, because although you may not be out in the workforce, you're definitely maintaining a household and especially here with our military, you're a huge source of support for them. Exactly. So again, I think it's just all about communication and you have to be able to communicate about these things really express your feelings Mm -hmm. and because if you don't then you're going to end up just in a situation where you kind of don't know how to get out of it or you're maybe scared to talk about it
0: right because if i don't have access to the finances if i don't know where any of the money is then when i go to try to leave i don't have the funds to leave or you know it's like if i'm trying to leave how am i going to support myself or whatever the
2: case may be is that Exactly, Exactly, and that's super stressful. I'm sure you can imagine how stressful that would be just thinking about it for yourself, but Mm -hmm. then if you maybe throw in somebody who might be pregnant or has a child or two or more, then it gets even more complicated because you think, well how can I do it? And some people are lucky enough that they do have very strong support networks to where they have a family member that they can go with. Right. But in all reality, we're not always, sometimes we're not willing to go with family or family is not willing or able to take us.
0: Right. And that's a big thing, not being able, because, you know, everybody, like you said, everybody doesn't have that family dynamic where, hey, I can go home and my family's going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, no, you can't come back. You left, so guess what? You get to
2: stay out there and kind of...
1: Or culture too, right? Like, no, that's your spouse. You need to stay with them through everything. And it's like... "Mm."
2: Definitely, and (laughs) it's a good thing that you mentioned that because sometimes it's not just a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you're leaving, it's a husband or a wife. So they feel like, well, if I'm married, I took certain vows, Mm -hmm. I made a commitment to you. And so that's where it gets a little tricky because you have to think, although you took vows and you made a commitment to somebody, you know, you still have to watch out for yourself. Exactly. There's still a certain level of dignity and respect that you are owed at all times.
0: Right. And then you have that, not only with that, but psychologically where that abuser is making this person feel like you can't take, you know, you you have to depend on me. It's that control, like you said, that power and control Mm -hmm. will.
2: Yes, and sometimes the, the abuser can kind of see if somebody is uh, vulnerable or not and then so they just kind of make sure to exploit that and so if there may be someone who is a little bit more meek um, i see a lot of young people that don't even have a driver's license Mm. so now they kind of have to stay at home all day and you know they're just kind of happy that the bills are paid and there's a roof over their head and so it makes the abuser more likely to get away with things yeah and so that's why i always remind people your powers and your independence it does not matter if you're employed or not you should have power within your relationship too and Mm -hmm. uh, there shouldn't be so much um codependence on each other
0: right so that's interesting that you bring that up you know that that power is in their independence but a lot of people don't realize that because maybe they came from a household where that was the norm where you know maybe they're coming from an abusive uh, household where they saw their parents be an abusive relationship and now that becomes their norm And they don't see anything wrong with how their relationship is with their partner
2: most definitely that just even goes back to how we all deal with trauma sometimes we're going to grow up in certain situations and we might want to do better or we might kind of follow down that path it might just be normal to us there's really no right or wrong answer there But that's definitely things that we have to talk to anyone that we encounter as victim advocates is kind of get a little history check on them how did they grow up sort of thing what are what are their perspectives on a relationship? One thing I always ask too is, what does a healthy relationship look like you? Because that answer is not going to be the same right. for every person. A healthy relationship mm. to one person, maybe I'm supporting my husband or wife and they're happy. And you know, as long as they're happy, my happiness comes second. Cool. As opposed to another person who might say, you know, this is 50-50, if, if you're gonna be happy, I need to be happy. We need to be on the same page sort of thing.
0: Right. So when we're talking about domestic violence and you're talking about bringing awareness, what kind of awareness what are some of the things that people need to be aware of when it comes to domestic violence i
2: think the biggest thing to be aware of is the resources yes Uh, because at some point in your in your life or in your relationship you might need that resource you might even just be a little curious about that resource so the biggest thing i always push to people is hotlines we do have a hotline here at fort Bliss, and you know, if for any reason you can't remember that, always just tell someone, Google domestic violence. If you Google those two words, the first thing you'll get is the National Domestic Violence Helpline. Okay. And from that website, you can call somebody, you can chat with somebody on that website, or you can even text message. Oh, and okay. And so it can really just, I think that's a really good place to start because it sort of breaks the ice and you start talking to somebody about something that you maybe have never mentioned to anyone, something that you might be really scared to share. Right. Um, and usually, if, like if you're calling either that hotline or our hotline, we're full of resources. And if you have a question, we'll be able to tell you where to go, how you can kind of get that figured out. And if not, then we'll definitely be able to find the answer within some time.
0: Okay, and shame on me, do we have that hotline number?
2: Uh, we sure do, uh, it's 915-269-2013. Okay, so. And that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yes, yes. 365 uh, days a year. 365, 366 on a leap year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every day.
0: Okay, I'm glad you, because, you know, that leap year, <laughs> I might need help except, uh, February 29th. Uh, there <laughs> you go, there you go. <laughs> and I'm not getting it. So I'm glad you mentioned that, though. So we need to be aware that everybody's situation is going to be different. Domestic Definitely. violence. One of the things I think a uh, misnomer that a lot of people have is that um, when you're talking about domestic violence, that it is always a physical type of violence. Yeah. And you already mentioned financial, so it's not always physical.
2: Of course not. Uh, I just think that kind of like in the media and when we talk to people, that's the main image we have of domestic violence is you know somebody getting hit. And I think another, image we have is a male being aggressor and a female being a victim. Yes, Yes, that was going to be my next question. (laughs) Which is (laughs) is definitely not the case, you know, especially now you can be in a relationship with a male or a female. You can be gay straight, bisexual, anything like that. And, or even if you're in a heterosexual relationship, the female can be the aggressor. It's Exactly. It's not unheard of. It's not something that does not happen.
0: Right, because I know, you know, sometimes um, from my experience, when I used to do domestic violence, Briefings, and I would have males who would share that they had been in in abusive uh, relationships. And it wasn't that they couldn't protect themselves, but they did not want to become the abusers. You know, so uh, it's like instead of it being turned around that I'm the abuser, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to go ahead and take it that this weaker spouse or whatever the case may be is abusing me
2: of course and I think there's just also that stigma within society is you know as men it would almost be not that it is but it's looked at as how embarrassing your wife is beating you up or exactly how hard can she hit you sort of thing but honestly I mean anybody can get physical anybody can get violent and anybody can make you feel fearful regardless of if they're taller or shorter than you or a different gender and then
1: i think uh so from the psychological point it seems like they kind of like mold them in the beginning for men and then what or for anybody Mm -hmm. but um they don't realize until they say it out loud and i think because they keep it in a lot of the times to themselves they don't realize that it is until they say it and then somebody like makes a face like you did what yeah and then they're just like oh wait a minute like uh this is bad and i think that's the thing is they because they, they keep it more so men do inside where women we have like friends that we can talk to true. you know Very so true. and a lot of guys are not going to be as comfortable going to their friends saying hey, like, my spouse is making me do this as Mm -hmm. openly as As women.
2: Exactly. I agree. I agree 100%. And I think that goes back to why this Awareness Month is so important. Because if, you know, for the other 11 months of the year, you're really not talking about domestic violence. You're just kind of internalizing that, thinking of ways that maybe you can – things that you could do to, like, maybe for it to go away or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But this month, I hope, would just really reach people and have them start thinking and – really in their head start thinking maybe like well maybe this is domestic violence maybe this does fit the definition let yeah. me right. let me google domestic violence and kind of see what it comes up there and mm-hmm. then you know
0: and, and if you know maybe uh, i don't want to google it <laughs> but <laughs> that's where we come in at acs if they're wanting resources about domestic violence you know or resources about how to leave a situation. Can they come to ACS and speak with someone in the family advocacy program?
2: Most definitely. So if you don't remember the phone number or you're kind of too scared to call the hotline or anything Mm -hmm. like that, because just a note on that, everything that's shared is confidential. Right. Um, The only thing I would ever have to report is if there's any indication of like a child being abused or anything like that I would have to report that right but aside from that I mean you can tell me your whole life story and I'm not gonna tell anyone else about it I'm not gonna take any action on it unless you want to right Mm -hmm. but um, at the ACS building we are open Monday through Friday from 730 to 430 and they can always come in as a walk-in there will always be a victim advocate there that they can talk to and again um, what I love about our services is they're completely confidential and they're voluntary right So if you come in and you just kind of want to share your situation with us we can give you some feedback Um, kind of have like two main jobs it's information and referral right and the other one is crisis intervention okay crisis intervention is just we're there to comfort you to help you find like direction to take the next step mm-hmm. right and at the end of that session you might say you know what i think i'm okay i i think i can handle it from here and you're completely free to do that and you can always come back later if you need to right or if you want to make a report with us and uh, obtain services and whatnot then we can do that too i think that's what i love about this program is it really gives the power back
0: Okay. And, and, I, and I like how you oh, put that, giving yeah. the power back to that victim. And, you know, and I, I can't stress enough that anybody can be a victim. And, and as you stated, it doesn't matter what type of relationship you're in, whether it's a heterosexual relationship or a same sex relationship. There's any time somebody can be an aggressor and, Definitely. you know, and, and take advantage of what they can consider a weakness probably in that person who they're abusing, but having the services at ACS, you know, and even if they just want to come in and get information, you know, it's just like, okay, or maybe they're seeking help. Maybe I need uh, a class, you know, on communication, or maybe I need a class on anger management or something like that. And sometimes, even with the anger management, I may not be the person that's angry, but just by going to that class, I can kind of see some of the Telltale signs that I may be dealing with somebody who has an anger issue. Most yeah.
2: definitely. You would get to learn maybe what are like certain triggers. You mm-hmm. would get to know what, how it can look um, in different situations with different people. Right. I think, again, being able to come out to us, it, I know it takes a lot of courage and it can be very scary sometimes, mm-hmm. but I really push the voluntary nature of our program and just how much information we can give you. That way you feel empowered to make whatever choice it is right. that you want to make at that point in your life. Yeah. So,
1: is there, um, Can you give us, like, certain things to look for, like, in the dating stage more so? Like, um, just, like, what what can help you identify that you're either in that situation or maybe going towards that situation?
2: Sure, definitely. Like, I think uh, financially one thing that I've noticed with relationships is when um, a new partner or a potential partner that you might meet is a little too quick to want to maybe move you into their home or their apartment or... Take over your bills. Let me pay this for you. Let me pay that for you. Um, as enticing as that might seem, it's like,
0: oh, I got somebody <laughs> pay my bills. Yes, <laughs> please.
2: I mean, I I don't know if I could say no to that. <laughs> I know,
0: it, it's kind of hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Agreed. But you know, even if somebody's paying my car, that doesn't mean they get to tell me when to use my car. You know, that's oh, what yes. you have to understand is if you're offering to pay my car payment, fantastic. But that doesn't mean you control me on my car. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're offering, if you're paying the rent and you're the roof over my head that doesn't mean you tell me exactly when I need to be home and when I need to be back and right it's not a cage either right um, so I think a really big red flag to me would be if you can't have those sort of conversations with that partner mm-hmm. or if they get upset um, easily that's a huge one too is anger I mean I know we all have our emotions right exactly you know but some people have a lot of anger or they cannot control that anger right that's gonna be an obstacle that you need to decide if you're going to help them deal with or not mm-hmm. because life life is crazy. We all know it. Right, um, it is. <laughs> you know, there's stressors every day and so if they're in a very stressful environment and if they don't know how to control their anger, you're more than likely going to feel the brunt of that. Right. And so
0: you know, as you were saying with the, the whole trigger thing it's kind of like, you know what I just lost my thought. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thoughts on right. the I Yeah, it's like, like okay where's my paper at Jasmine uh, I know <laughs> I know
1: but there was one thing I, when I started working here because no. obviously I knew bare minimum about domestic violence I knew like if you hit so and so that's domestic violence but I was in a brief when Miss Tracy was giving the briefings and she was talking about pets and mm-hmm. I was just like and she's like yeah they can like hurt your pet or threaten to hurt your pet and I was like if somebody yeah. threatened to hurt my dog I don't think I would leave I would be like Oh my God! No, like I'll I'll take whatever you need me to take in order for my dog to be safe. And I never thought about that. And I was like, that's uh, that's crazy to the extreme of, well, it's not extreme, but how far it can go, and us being so unaware. Right. Oh, yeah.
2: I think it, I mean they're technically keeping you like kind of like emotionally hostage. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'd even seen. Um, I have this app on my phone next door with all yeah. the neighbors. Oh yeah. On the, that. The, the, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking at lost pets but I thought about it because um a man said that he had a service dog for his PTSD him and his girlfriend got in a fight and she let the dog out and <gasps> so he's looking for his dog now I'm there crying over the post yeah. but I'm thinking how horrible and and that's a, a form of emotional
0: abuse because definitely. here this gentleman needs his dog and so how do I get you mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to let your dog run away Heart, heartbreaking. <laughs> and I and know I like, like every time and just oh. it's like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. and that's a terrible thing. and it's all about control. It's all yeah. about making that person feel less than. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm the one that's running this show, mm-hmm. and you're gonna do what I do what I want you to do, or these are gonna be the consequences oh, yeah. Of, yeah. of of that. so i I think it's awesome that you know, we dedicate this month to domestic awareness. But we need to make sure, like you said, there's 11 other months out of the year where it's not being talked about. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that you said that's important is that communication. Yeah. You know, and Jasmine, as you mentioned, you know, what are some of the signs as we're dating someone? What are those red flags that we can look for? If you can't communicate with someone, that's probably a big red flag it's like they're not open to hearing what you're saying or they're constantly shutting you down
2: i would agree that's probably the biggest red flag because that communication is going to take you throughout the whole lifespan of that relationship and right and and really a lot of comfort too you should feel comfortable that's one thing i've noticed too in some relationships is they don't feel comfortable telling them how they feel they don't feel comfortable telling their spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend that they do something that they don't like right and you need to have that comfort and that's good because
0: like one of the classes that we teach, um, it it does come up in that class. And one of the things that we uh, say that's a healthy relationship is that you have to have a, a level of comfort mm-hmm. or of being emotionally um, vulnerable with your partner. And that emotional vulnerability comes to, like you said, expressing my emotion, letting you know when something that you're doing is bothering me or letting you know how I feel. If you don't have that, then you might want to check to see if this is really the relationship that you want to be in or the relationship that's best for you. Because a lot of times, we want to be in a relationship with someone and we overlook Mm -hmm. all those those little signs. Like you said, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put all this gas in your car but guess what? I'm gonna keep track of where you're mm-hmm. going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna work with me.
0: It, no, because yeah, no. I need to be able to go where I wanna go. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you know, it's those little things, like you said, it's endearing <clears throat> to us. Cause you know, someone offering to pay your bill. <laughs> yes, like, please. It's, it's like, what, do you want all of them?
2: <laughs> can you then, cover the insurance too? <laughs> I
0: know, can, can, can I get all of that? But then what is the price Definitely. that yeah. you pay mm-hmm. for those? And, and that's a way of getting, getting them under your, your control to have that person yes, under your yes. thumb.
1: And
2: I think something you both have mentioned is those red flags, but sometimes that we internalize these things and we're going to say, oh, it's okay. So we really need to have a support network of at least one friend, one family mm-hmm. member, but hopefully more, because I think those are also the best people to give us an outside perspective. Yes. To yes. so let us know, hey, you know, I mean, you guys look very happy, but it seems like you have to stay with him or her throughout this whole family function and they don't let you leave. And oh, You have yes. to...
0: I got to be right under them. So if you start talking, I'm I'm coming over there to see what you're talking about.
1: Speaking of that, because we've mainly talked about the victims. Mm -hmm. However, how or yes, how can those around the victim better help the victim? Is that because we don't we know we don't want judgmental, right? Like, girl, why do you let him do that to you like that? like don't do that in front of him obviously of or like not. do right yeah like you we can't on you. <laughs> yeah like right but how how can they be supportive in the best way for the victim good I, question i think
2: that it is that is an awesome <laughs> question i think the it would really fall into two aspects one is the privacy you do not like, like you all have mentioned uh we laugh about it but there would be maybe some family members that would maybe call them out and say well, why do you always have to you know sit next to them that's not going to get you anywhere yeah more than likely that's just going to upset the aggressor right Right. so i think you have to really make sure that you're in a private situation so that the aggressor can't intervene and then so the potential victim or the victim can really feel more comfortable sharing Mm -hmm. information Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. yes the other thing is i think you want to approach it more like with an inquisitive um tone you don't really want to start saying i see this and i think it means this instead maybe ask well, how's your relationship been going with them? How do you feel about it? You want to really start figuring out how they feel about it because you want to gauge if they're aware of it or if they're completely unaware of it. Because if they're aware of it, then maybe you can have a more concrete conversation on if they want to get out and how they want to get out. Mm -hmm. If they're not aware of it, then that's a whole different tone you need to take. You need to maybe find a way how to convey to them the situation that they're not aware of.
0: Yeah, right. right. That's, I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought about that. Good question, Jasmine.
1: I, am on a roll today? I
0: know. Yes. Hey, when, I, when I'm down, hey,
2: Jasmine <laughs> comes in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's crazy because, like, I know for some people, they like to support their friend, mm-hmm. right? Which is fine. However, they take on more of the role of what professionals should do themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, come stay at my house. But that doesn't solve the problem. That just kind of puts a band aid until the aggressor is now going for both of you.
2: Definitely. It's more like of a short term of a short term solution and just like how you said, well now you're sort of in this ring of fire mm-hmm. now. Maybe you're putting yourself in danger. Right. Or yeah. they're gonna make sure, you know what, Jasmine helped out my spouse right here. I'm gonna make sure to isolate her. You're yes. not gonna talk to Jasmine ever again. Yes. Or, or they're gonna hurt my dog. There you go. Oh, <laughs> and, and they're gonna want to know who's that girl with all the tattoos. Or my garden, because I don't know her name.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, don't bring the plants into
1: this. I, I know yes. plant mom. And <laughs> I'm gonna go get a cauldron and pretend I'm a witch so they don't mess with no, them. Just, <laughs> just kidding.
0: But you know, like I said, we we can you know we can laugh and joke about it, but yeah. it is a very serious yes. thing. So we don't want you guys to think that we're making light of this, but. It's better, it's easier to have the conversation when you can kind of like feel at ease and feel comfortable Uh about it, but still bring that awareness to it. So, you know, and I I truly appreciate you coming on here and and giving us a little more insight to what goes on um, during domestic violence, how that whole thing plays out. And like I said, it's not just October that we need to be talking about that. But it's all the time that we need to be making sure that people are aware. And because of that, Mm -hmm. so um, for the next three, four weeks, three weeks, three weeks, weeks, we will on the podcast, we will be highlighting certain parts of domestic violence. Um, Awesome. So you're kicking us off. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So you kind of set the foundation. For what we're gonna talk about in the next uh, three to four weeks as we um, are hopefully having people more aware outside of October, you know, because these will run past October. So, you know, thank you. And is there anything else that you would like to, um, that maybe we didn't touch on, that you would like people to know about domestic violence in general?
2: I mean, I think there's always more that we can talk to. I could.
0: We could sit here all, all day, day. Yes. <laughs> Y'all could give me an eight-hour
2: slot and a little lunch here. Yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. You Bring in
0: lunch, hey producers. <laughs> yes. Yes.
2: But now I think the biggest thing is, if you feel like you need help, seek it. It is there. It is there, and it's not going to. Um, it's not like you're signing a contract to get into anything. You know, it always helps to get an outside perspective. I know we talked about um, utilizing family and friends, but, you know, sometimes we feel like they're biased Mm -hmm. or anything like that, so then call me, I promise, or call anyone else, and we'll share with you without bias. Right. Just
0: call ACS and ask to speak to a victim advocate, and Mm -hmm. then they can, you know, come in and help um, in those situations. And, you know, as Jasmine mentioned, and I'm glad you just brought that up, but as Jasmine mentioned, we can have families and friends, but sometimes our families and friends want to take on the role of that professional Mm -hmm. and sometimes we need to go see a professional to get someone who is truly knowledgeable about the situation and not just like, okay, let me Google what's the best thing to do for you in this situation. Let's get the professionals involved and get them the help that they need.
2: Definitely know what I say, seek help and provide support always as, um, you know, even if we're doing good in life, always check in with your coworkers, family, friends, have those conversations and just make sure that they're doing okay. And if they're not, help them get to where they need to.
0: Right, yes. you know, valid point. Let's let's have a support system. If you don't have a support system, come on, let's let's find some people that we can depend on. Because even if we're not in a domestic violence situation, we do need support in general. Mm-hmm. But you never know when your situation is going to change. I yeah. agree. So.
1: Okay. And to add, uh, at ACS we are non-judgmental because I feel like people think they're the only one in that situation. Mm-hmm. Not to take away from their situation, but they're just like, oh, my situation, nobody's gonna understand. But it's like you got like people here, so you know, when they speak to victim advocate or a FAP specialist, they hear those stories where they're not judgmental in the way like, you did what? Like that's not how we treat you. Um, so just so to give people peace of mind on that.
2: Definitely. agree with what Jasmine said. I think everyone is, fat. Uh, you know, we're all fully trained yeah. and we're, I mean, this is our job, this is our career, this is our passion. We're here to help you exactly. and to empower you in yes. some way. And so anything you tell us, we don't take it, we don't take it home with us to judge or anything like that. We truly just want to help you.
0: Yeah. Yes. I love that. So before we end, one of the things we uh, like to ask our guests um, is what brings you joy? So what brings you joy at, um, in working in the family advocacy program?
2: Without a doubt, what brings me joy is when I see somebody, when I'm able, because we're not always able to see it, but when you are able to see someone transform, somebody who you yes. might come in and maybe they're very meek and they're so scared and they don't know what's going to happen next. And a few months down the road, I mean, I can't even recognize them. They're oh, doing their own thing. They don't even need me anymore. Yeah. I love that. <laughs>
0: it's like they gave me chills. I love that. <laughs> they get their life back, right? Yeah. Definitely. To have just, it.
2: To, just to take back that power. Nice. I love to see somebody empowered. Yes. Oh, yes.
0: that's you know what we're gonna to have to put that. I'd love to see someone empowered. Yes, I love that. I was that. thinking like all oh, these quotes. I was, I was like, like I was oh like, my okay. god, it's like we gonna steal that.
2: We need to bring a notepad next. <laughs> but, I know, right. it,
0: but we when we steal your idea, we will give you credit. Yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so again, thank you for joining us again today. Um, with that being said, this is getting to know ACS with Tracy
1: and Jasmine. Don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell. Bye.